afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Lauren Landis and the late Patty Fink. Uh, our guest was called away on a family thing. Nothing serious, nothing, nothing urgent, but she asked if she could reschedule. So she'll be on sometime in uh, August. So That works. Awesome. That'll work. Yeah. Um, so the three of us are a mess. Uh, Lauren had a colonoscopy this week. I had an MRI this week. And Patty, you still have your kidney stones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, I feel most bad, I think, for, for Lauren from the, you know, the immediacy of, of what takes place. <laughs> so it's my it. condolences. <laughs> well, thanks. I Did mean, you get results? Yeah. Already, I was telling David, I already got my results very quick. Uh, and the doctors were... Worse, um, verbatim, exceedingly benign. So nothing found. All is good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like big check mark. We're still waiting for a check mark from for David. We're still waiting for results. Now the fact I had the MRI on Monday, and they're looking for uh, prostate cancer. Um, the fact that I haven't heard from the doctor yet, and I'm going to just call him on Monday, but. Uh, that that's good news. Nothing urgent. Yeah, they probably actually looked at it like right after you had the test, and they've just filed it, and no one's bothered to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was expecting the worst with the MRI. Um, everything from I'm claustrophobic, and I was expecting a tube that was, and you can't see, but you know, like that you barely fit in, and it was actually kind of roomy. And when they slid me in, my head was halfway out, so I could see the ceiling from where I was laying. Oh, good for you. Plus, they gave me Xanax. <laughs> and four muscle relaxers, because the intestines, you know, are normally kind of pumping, mm -hmm. and they needed it uh, to be relaxed to get a clear picture. So I was relaxed. <laughs> The other thing that I was warned about was, oh, and the, you know, the intense pounding noise. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I was expecting really like that is how people described it. And it wasn't. Maybe because I wasn't all the way in the tube. Hmm. That could be. So, so it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I made it through and slept. They, the only thing is they told me, okay, this will take 12 hours to wear off. It took me 36 hours to wear off. The next day, I just, I went into my office in the morning for two or three hours, and I just couldn't hold my head up. Hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. went so home. So home and crash. So, and so. your kidney stones. See, and I'm taking the medication that you would take for, for your prostate. So... Hmm. There we go, full circle. Full circle, yeah. Um, yeah, so still, still fighting my uh, my chronic kidney stones, but yep. um, but it gets it gets better. There yeah. are ups and downs for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I hope that your your test results come soon and and that they're um, clear and within normal limits, David. Yeah, me too. I I'm expecting that. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of news. Lots of news. I don't know how much of it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't say good news. <laughs> Lots of news. 
Wow. Where do we start? Well, I'll just get one out of the way. There's okay. A, um, an obituary this week that was um, sad. Um, I don't know if you remember Pastor Steve Peters. He was the um, the guy who had the conversation on PTL with Tammy Faye Baker, um, where they talked about his being um, having AIDS and what that was like. And mm. many credit that in the in the 80s with having a, an impact or 90s that had had an impact on how people perceive those who were experiencing AIDS and HIV positive. Well, Tammy Faye was never against us. Right. I mean, his going on brought her onto our side, if there are sides with an illness. But she was never against us. She always blamed that on Jerry Falwell and the radical right takeover of um, PTL, of PTL and, and which was her TV station and, uh, and amusement park. Briefly. That, that they had. Um, I remember when she was here for the parade, she spoke to, it was the precursor of the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Stonewall Business Association and she spoke to Stonewall Business Association and we were all like huh? Because <laughs> that was not what we were expecting from somebody from the Christian right we were expecting somebody who was crazy lunatic against us and she just wasn't she you know she said that's not a very Christian attitude. She was, she was very compassionate. She was very compassionate. So um, rest in peace and rest in power, Steve Peters. Mm -hmm. um, he was 70. So, hmm. And the other, if we're doing obituaries, is Tony Bennett. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They showed a piece uh, where, um, oh, what's his name? CNN gay. Don uh, Lemon? Don, no, Don Lemon's no. gone. <laughs> um, um, Anderson Cooper. Anderson minutes. Cooper. Anderson Cooper, yeah. thank you. Brain is not working today. <laughs> um, Anderson Cooper uh, sat down with Tony Bennett about two or three days after uh, his concert with Lady Gaga, mm -hmm. and he said, I saw you at Radio City, and he was kind of blank about it. And he's, he told him several things to try to jog his memory, and memory was just gone oh, really? two or three days after the concert that he couldn't remember having performed. Yeah, uh, I, I knew that. Some, some um, dementia started to set in. Um, right, but the songs that were old and Im embossed in his memory. That he'd done, no doubt, hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. And he's, he, those he was able to perform. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember they did... Mistake, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong. On the Flintstones, back when that was was, you know, um, shaped after Tony Bennett. I'll have to look that up. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, that'd be interesting. That might be. It might have been before your time, Laurent. <laughs> Flintstones yeah, I, were. I, I think the Flintstones, they started before I was born, but I definitely remember the Flintstones growing up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. To the Google. Yeah. So while you're looking it up, I, I thought um, talk about drag a little bit. Um, 
our drag brothers and sisters have been on the chopping block and the uh, main target this past year. Um, so we got a little good news. Um, Florida's drag ban um, has suffered a second legal defeat. So they, you know, they passed a law um, banning drag in public public spaces. Um, and Hamburger Mary's sued against the law. And Hamburger Mary's just opened up a location here in Dallas. Um, um, they said that it it, um, it harmed their business and it violated their constitutional free speech rights. Well, a judge in June put a temporary hold on the law. Well, now a federal judge has come 100% said, no, it's unconstitutional. He, st- he stopped it. So that's some good news. That is some good news. I don't know how that will affect our drag ban because drag is never mentioned in it. It's mm. sexual performances. Right. Yeah. And with the misunderstanding of the way uh, of what a drag performance is, you know, when Royce West voted for this bill, mm-hmm. his understanding was that a drag performance was sexual. Right. Until a whole bunch of people from our community <laughs> and from his district got to him and said, what was that vote about? Mm-hmm. And nobody had bothered to lobby Royce. We thought he was with us all along and had an understanding of our community. Wrong. Wrong. Zero. Well, Zero. He had never been to a drag performance. He'd never, I don't think he's ever really been in, in any, to any degree, immersed in anything about our community. Yeah. No one, a zero understanding. I, I, that was just so surprising on so many levels. One, I get that he's never been to a actual drag performance, but drag is such part of our society. It's, it's I mean, it's mainstream. You've never seen anything drag it's on, on TV. TV. How could you automatically equate drag in itself to just just sex? I, 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 I that, that was. Yeah, it's bizarre. That's bizarre. I'm like, really? Um, but yeah, so this is um, th- this is a big shot to uh, DeSantis. Um, I d- it doesn't say in the article that I'm reading, but I'm assuming he will probably appeal, and this could possibly go up to the Supreme Court. We'll see. We'll it's see. been struck down a lot of different places. It has. Where it's been specific to Greg. Right. I think Tennessee's right. was struck down. And see, that's where I'm saying the Texas law is... is yeah, it's not so easy because it doesn't... It's problematic. Yeah, it doesn't specify. Uh, and it's not problematic because the drag performances in Dallas are sexual. It's because the people who are charging, oh, they're doing a drag performance, are saying they're sexual. Right. Right, I not mean, because they are, because they are not. They are not. And it, here's the thing with that law, especially because it's vague and it doesn't spe- uh, spe- specify drag artists. If you're going to file a lawsuit or against somebody or, I guess, charge them with a crime, do you have to have evidence, like a video recording of it or something, so somebody could see, like, okay, what's sexual about this? I don't know. How, how does that work? You would think they'd have to present some evidence. Yeah, I would think some sort of evidence, not just you know, just because I heard that, I heard that there was a discussion about one, you know. Yeah, can you imagine putting hand. somebody on the stand? Uh, well, describe the performance. Well, I heard that the, they did right. that. That's not acceptable court evidence. No, not at all. I, I just don't get the uh, the 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 run to to sexualize 
things that are not sexual. Right. right. I and mean, what about um, what really slays me here is the the little girl pageants. It's oh, just yeah. if that's not grooming if in every not, sense of the word, the same mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know what is. This is sexualizing little girls yeah. to the nth degree. Yeah. Little bikinis, makeup, full face of makeup. I mean, sometimes they even have the lashes on. It's, it's and just, high heels. High heels. And and yeah. It is full-on sexualization of, yeah. of but that's little girls. Well, but this is but, what the right that's does. that's okay. This is what the right does. They take what they're doing and imagine that everybody else is doing it, too. Yeah, that's, yeah. For, that's for sure. God, I remember when, you know, my little baby was a toddler and... She's so pretty, so pretty, but she is. Uh, and, but I have. Well, she is. She and that's is. coming from someone impartial. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I've, I, you know, was approached by several different moms to have her join those uh, pageants. Like, no, thank you so much for the compliment, but no, not, yeah, not doing that. A lot of those girls are um, uh, do not. None of that sits well with them. They they don't want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. They dread it, but they do it because mom, stage mom, is so insistent. Sometimes stage dads, it's it's just mm -hmm. shocking. I accompanied, I play piano, and I accompanied a, um, a little girl when I was young mm -hmm. before we moved overseas um, for her pageant perform talent performances. She played violin, and um, I got to see a lot of. These little these little girls like terrified. They all they wanted to do was like go home and play, and here they were. They had to get up at the crack of dawn so they could start with the hair, you know, all this kind of stuff for some 11 a.m. performance at the Holiday Inn Express out on the highway. You know, I mean, like that's what this life right. was about. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? Mm -hmm. And it just moves. You know, like if they do well. Well, in the sense that they win, I guess, that that's doing well. Mm -hmm. um, then they advance and they do it all over again in front of huge, not huge, but but a large audience of people who are cheering them on doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find it's, uh, I, there's something really warped by that. But the, this community out there that, that is writing laws as if we're doing that sort of thing, doesn't even look at that. Doesn't that's really not even it. an issue for them because nope. that's perfectly normal nope. to sexualize little girls. Little girls. Right. Yeah. We're, we're talking very little girls. We're talking Jean Benet. Yeah. Jean Benet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six year olds. Yeah, yeah the six year old. Mm. Anyway. So, but yeah. yeah. And uh, no worry about the. Well, I got one more of the good track story. Should we go to break? Uh, no, let's. Okay. Uh, so the story is. Uh, um, a Portland, Oregon um, a bar just set a new world record now in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest drag show ever. <laughs> um, they went for 48 hours and 11 minutes and 30 seconds of, no, of non-stop performing. The previous record, I didn't know that this was the thing. Um, <laughs> the previous record was held um, by a bar in uh, Melbourne, uh, Australia for 36 hours and 36 minutes. So, wow. so America took it back. <laughs> That's a long show. And it's a lot of drag. It's a lot of drag. It's a lot of drag. It so reminds me of that old, that old Monty Python where they did the world's record hide and seek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they go all over the world. And, you know, the guy runs down into this deep cave in the ground and he looks around the corner every five, every few minutes thinking he's going to be found. Yeah. You know, and so it was, the whole thing was like 13 years, blah, 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 blah. It came down to a tie. A tie. They'd yeah. finally mm -hmm. done it. It was a tie. Oh, so, so, anyway, well, that's I, good I, news. I digress. Yeah, no, no, no. That's good news. So we need all the good drag news we can get. We, we need to take a break. This is sort of drag related. Barbie, according to Ted Cruz, is woke. <laughs> and when he was asked on CNN if he saw the movie, he said, no. Yeah, of course not. Then how does he know? Why? Well, because... Has he read the book? No. Because, no. because, because uh, I think there's a lesbian Barbie in there. Well, it's also man-hating. Oh, okay. And there's a trans character. There's a trans character, okay. All right. And they set the... Chinese border, something with the Chinese border, not what we recognize. Hmm. I, I have no idea where I have no, Yeah, I have no idea. Unless Barbie's shoes are maybe made in China? <laughs> well, no, they expect the movie to do well in China. Oh. oh. oh maybe because Barbie's shoes are made in China. <laughs> Probably are. <laughs> because the Chinese must be woke. It must be. Must be. We can talk about that more once somebody here has even seen the movie. <laughs> so. well, I've heard that it's supposed to. You're supposed to do the double feature this weekend, and it's called Barbenheimer. Uh, yeah. So you see Barbie, and you also see Oppenheimer. But right. the Oppenheimer film is three hours long. So um, I don't know whether I'd do Barbie first or second. I'd, I think I maybe go know. ahead and get Barbie out of the way because when I'm done with three hours, I'm yeah. I'm going off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Ron Landis and the late Patty Fink, and we'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. Hi, this is Patty Fink, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. Our guest today, um, a family thing came up, and she's just, we rescheduled her for... Uh, I hope all is well. Yeah. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, she'll be back. She'll be back uh, with us in a few weeks. Everything's fine. Um, it wasn't an illness or anything like that at all. Oh, maybe someone so. in her family won the lottery or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. It yeah. would be. It was had a baby, maybe. It, it was more like that. Yeah. So, okay. um, during the break, we were talking about the movie Oppenheimer. Right, right. My sister said she went to see it, and the three hours didn't bother her at all. She wanted it to keep keep going. She thought it was a, a wonderful <clears throat> film, and absolutely engrossing. Hmm. And then she told me a little anecdote. She had spent some. Um, a couple of months on the island of um, uh, St. John's in the Caribbean about 20, 25 years ago, just on a kind of like on an alone vacation. Mm -hmm. And um, she encountered Oppenheimer's house, he had a house there, mm. and uh, met his granddaughter. Oh. And oh. they had their own private beach, and she got to swim there and stuff. So that was a, like brush with greatness. Yeah, when I was wow. uh, a Letterman. When I was, I guess I was in college at the time. Um, a play called In the Matter of J. Robert Oppenheimer was playing at Lincoln Center in New York, and I went to see it. And it was taken entirely from the transcript of his trial. 
And I remember it being a long play, but it, absolutely riveting. Mm. Well, maybe the film will be like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'd it, like to see it. it. It's I'm, an odd topic to be interesting, but it is. So I'm looking forward to seeing it too. Well, she so. highly recommends it in the IMAX, if there's an IMAX opportunity to see it. Mm. So. Um, I went also this week to the Dallas uh, Holocaust and Human Rights Museum. There's a new exhibit there, which is a wonderful companion to Rise Up, the uh, Stonewall exhibit that played this spring. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's about the Jim Crow era. Oh, wow. And it, just learning about the Jim Crow era and some of the terrible Supreme Court rulings was fascinating. But it was interesting, the laws that they were using, like the 14th Amendment, are the same laws that were used to give us our wins in Lawrence and Windsor and Obergefell. And it, it just, it adds to the, um, the Rise Up exhibit. Mm. It's a wonderful compliment piece, and I recommend everybody run down to the to the Holocaust Museum, which is not just a Holocaust Museum, it is a human rights museum as well. And spend some time with the exhibit. It's, How long is the exhibit supposed to run? Uh, through the end of the year. I oh, don't okay. have the exact date. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. We've we got to go check that out. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, I have some sports news. Okay. So... Um, it's, it's time for the World Cup. The women's team is could possibly win their third straight uh, World Soccer Cup, and this would be the first time that anyone's done that. Even the men have not done that. So that's awesome. Um, but here's the kicker. Uh, ha. Even though they have had such great success, I saw a report, this interview here recently, that women's soccer players still make 25 cents to the, um, to the dollar. That I thought they made. won equal pay. They did. So that was back in, I had to look this up, this was back in 2022, and the settlement was that they were going to get $24 million in payments. Um, but that was, mo that was mainly back pay. They still haven't gotten that, and they still make 25 cents to the dollar that the men make. That's a damn shame. It which, is. Which it even is. if it was dollar for dollar equal pay, mm -hmm. that would still be underpaying them because the women are winning. Exactly. And filling stadiums and exactly. the men are not. Exactly. Exactly my point. And who knows? It's got to be like, I don't know, a nickel on the dollar for WNBA players. Oh yeah, that's that, that's that's probably a good assessment. I mean, there there are you know kick-ass players out there making thirty thousand a year. Thirty thousand a year. That's yeah. that's, that's yeah. insane, that's and insane. it's embarrassing for our country. Yeah, and yeah. and our culture that women. Which is why the women players are playing the off season in places in Russia. like Russia. Exactly. That's why they go because they can't make a living. Right. right. That's what Brittany was doing when she was there. Yep. Yep. So, and you know, of course, they're big, they're at least the biggest U.S. player on the women's soccer team, uh, Megan Rapinoe, you know, she just announced that she's retiring um, after this season, but I hadn't heard, but I wonder, is that why she's kind of throwing it up? Um, I don't know. She was certainly instrumental in, in um, leading on 
this fight. She was. She was. Um, um, absolutely vocal. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. So, <laughs> you know, I just thought that was interesting. Like, hey, that's 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 a great uh, thing to celebrate. Um, they could make uh, history, but you're gonna look at the other side. They're still being grossly underpaid. That's that's ridiculous. I'm gonna bring up again something I mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago on the show. There's a there's a sports bar now in Portland, Oregon. Speaking of Portland, oh that yeah, that is fully lesbian owned. Yes. Um, called the Sports Bra. <laughs> I think that is genius. <laughs> and they play on their TVs, um, and it's a pretty cavernous place. Um, on all their TVs, they play only women's sports. That's and, awesome. And their place is packed. I would, of, I would love, I would go there. Lots of straight men come there to yeah. watch the sports. Mm, yeah, you know? I would totally go. Well, so. when it comes to basketball, I prefer the women's game to the men's game. A and I'm saying that seriously. I mean, people make fun of me that I'm, I know nothing about sports. <laughs> a and I can say I don't know a whole lot about sports. But I really do prefer the women's game. It's a quicker game. Uh, there are fewer fouls and timeouts. And the women are just fabulous to watch. I mean, they are, there are they some members game. of the wings. They that, totally have game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I enjoy going to the wings games. Uh -huh. Yeah. So one other last sports item. Um, who knew, knew we'd be doing this much sports on uh, Lambda Weekly? Um, we have our first openly um, LGBT coach in the NFL. I saw that. So his name is Kevin Maxson. He's the strength coach for the Jackson Jaguars. Um, but, yeah, he came out this week. So that's a huge – I mean, he's not the league coach, but he is a coach, uh, an official coach. So that's huge. Uh, so far as um, the team and hometown uh, supporters, he's getting a lot of support. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I really, mean, really awesome. I mean, especially when you think about it, um, in NFL, um, that's like, as far as men's sports, it's like the ultimate machismo uh, sport. We still have only had one openly active gay player. Um, so now we have a coach, so that's, that, that's progress. Is it, is it NFL or is it Monster Truck? I don't know. <laughs> is, is Monster Truck considered a sport? I don't know, but there's some yeah. of that, a lot of, a lot of okay. a lot of faux masculinity. There going is, on there. there is. I, I would toxic. Have, I would choose beach volleyball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just need to put my sports cred in there. Uh. Wow. So let's talk about this thing in Florida. This whole. Um, Slaves benefited. From yeah, that's where I was going. From their slavery. Oh God! It's uh, to me, this is this is where they were going all along. Absolutely. I I think this was the goal. It's why they started with this whole critical race theory, and and now to any person who slings and hurls the word woke, who can't define what woke is, they certainly can't define what CRT is either. They can't define what slavery is. Yeah, well, that's the the fundamental elements of slavery are that you are owned as a as you a are, piece of property. You are property. So there's, you know, as long as that's the underlying fact, the, you know, if if someone waved a fan in your face and it was hot, you didn't benefit from that because you're still a freaking slave. 
There I is, mean, like, to, to look at for the okay. bright moments in your slavery is insane. Okay, but they're teaching kids that slaves benefited from slavery yeah, because they were taught skills. There is nothing, I mean, zero, zilch, nada, nothing that is redeeming about slavery. Nothing. 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 I mean, seriously, nothing. Laurent, do you have <laughs> any stories that have been passed down in your family or no? Mm, no, no. I mean, as far as, like, racism? Yeah, absolutely, but... No, I mean, about slavery. No. About when your family was... Mm -mm. You know... I, I think most African Americans... You know, do that's, not. That's so far removed. Um, no, do so not. I, I watch a lot of Finding Your Roots with yeah. Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Gates yeah. And what is is a broad theme with African American <clears throat> and black um, actors and and, um, and sort of celebrities in our mm -hmm. culture uh, is that their the records stop. Yeah. You can't trace your family. Right. That's exactly in very point. few instances you can trace your family, but most of the census records actually include no names whatsoever. That's how impersonal and detached and dehumanizing right. the experience was. They weren't even recorded with a name, just an age and a race and a gender, and that was it. Yeah, so I've seen some of those records, and you're right, Patty. It's so dehumanizing. It's like there's more details about my pets, yeah. my pet records. It'll literally have girl for sale um, $250 or something like that, and that's about it. Yeah, you don't. You have no Nothing, clue. No clue. So for for a lot of, of black people, and there are are obviously exceptions. Um, one of which I th I thought was very interesting. Um, Essie Patha Merkerson, mm -hmm. her family was um, in that that purchase that bulk purchase of slaves done by the Jesuit University in D.C. Georgetown. Mm -hmm and sold them to someone in Louisiana. So Catholic priests sold like 257 people right. to um, someone in Louisiana. Um, there are others like um, Anna DeVere Smith, who I just adore. Um, her family was, um, after, after emancipation, um, and when they were free fairly early, they moved north and were um, you know, like, um, what do you call them, uh, morticians. Mm. And they were hired by the federal government after Gettysburg to do the burials of all of those soldiers, um, which was in, uh, no small task. It was no. tens of thousands, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so so that, was, that was an interesting thing. But uh, most black people in this country um, don't have a connection to their earlier ancestors unless and many many were their white side right right so once you can establish that a slave owner raped a woman right. he owned right. um those those kids sometimes um had records mm -hmm. because they were half white right right so once you can establish that a slave owner raped a woman right. he owned. Right. Um, those those kids sometimes um, had records mm -hmm. because they were half white. Right. It, it, it's just shocking to me, and and obviously these people 
um, like DeSantis and others in Florida who were support this kind of whitewashing of, of history. Rewriting. Rewriting completely. Um, have no concept of of the people they're even talking about. Because the way they make it sound in this this <clears throat> curriculum is that but for slavery and an opportunity uh, that slavery presented to be trained, that none of these slaves and enslaved peoples had any skills. And that's just crap. Right, right. Um, there were, I mean, it's, it's widely known that many... Um, many forging techniques and um, preparation of steel and, and such were stolen from um, African communities. Those right. ideas were right. stolen and, and made to look like white people came up with these mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, these skills um, and methodologies and things. And that's just not true. So it's 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 like a double whitewashing right. now to well, be to, to say that oh our benevolent white people gave you skills. No, you know, these people were smart. Right, right. They, they, you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, they, what they're trying to push is like, they captured these slaves, brought them over here. They were just a blank slate. Right. Didn't know anything, had no skills, they, you know. Um, so we taught them everything that they know. When, in fact, it's, white people have <laughs> black people to thank for a lot of lots stuff. Lots of stuff. Well, lots and lots of stuff. Um... <laughs> Right, because they were taught skills during slavery. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, I, and I hear you know Kamala Harris, uh, our vice president. You know, she's uh, seems like she's pretty mum on a lot of things, but she's been going off about this. She went to Florida and she, made that she, speech. Yeah, yeah, you go, girl. Um, but here's the thing: I don't know what. I don't know if there a lawsuit can be uh, brought to. Can, can you force a curriculum to be changed? Can sure. You, can you can you sue for um, misrepresenting history? I don't know, but you can sue. But it's a matter of will a court hear it? Right. Right. Especially Florida judges. Well, it's 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 would be in my view, it's considered government speech, and it's false. Yeah. So I, I think there's an there's a opportunity for I mean, I mean, I think, someone to sue and win. I think the question, the legal question is, does the state have the responsibility to present a topic as accurately as possible? Right. I mean, when you're teaching history, it's subjective. But, Florida, but not like this. This well, is just lies. It is. It's just lies. It's just and it's, lies. It's like statewide Florida plans to have Fox News High in every little town, mm -hmm. in every big town, where they can just fill your, the kids with with garbage, falsehoods um, about about people in the classroom right. and their ancestry. Right. Um, that's to me. That's just unconscionable, and that's where they've gone all along. It's a this is a white supremacist ideology move. It really is. It really is. And you know, they've been trying to do this for years. Um, you know, at some point, I think even here in Texas, there was a curriculum um, that was proposed to refer to slaves as... Um, um, Involuntary immigrants. They, 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 yeah. Immigrants. I, I, immigrants. Immig <laughs> immigrants, right, exactly. Like, what? 
No. no. Like they, they got their boarding pass. Yeah. Here we here we go. And, and just low low wage, um, low paid uh, workers. No. They right. Properly. You lie. Enforced. You lie. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't know. I think there's this effort because I've even heard or I've seen this on in social media. You know, a lot of white people say they're just sick of hearing about slavery. Oh, it's so, that's so sad. They're just, just sick of hearing about it. So somehow now this is seeped into the powers that be, and they are trying to basically erase it out. And when they do talk about it, they want to really change the truth about it. If yeah, they're sick whitewashing. Of, yeah. If, if they're sick of hearing about it, this sure brings up the conversation. <laughs> yeah. this, it's, it's completely insane. Oh my God, a little white kid got uncomfortable. You know, like, right. oh, we should change the laws, the, yeah, laws, the laws, to ensure that that fragile, frail, tiny little white kid and even, I, I, is so I, is, is that, uncomfortable. Is that even really a thing? No. No. Seriously, I don't. I, Lord knows I know a lot of white people, and so I never, not once have heard them say, oh, when we talked about slavery in class, it made me feel uncomfortable, made me feel ashamed to be white. And I, I've never heard that. I've never heard that either. And it, what it says is, like, across the board, white people pushing this kind of crap. Right. Uh, not one of them, and certainly not their kids, because their kids aren't making these decisions. They are. No, of course. And they're making about their own feelings. Right. Not one of them identifies with the white abolitionists. <laughs> right. Not one of them identifies with a white person today who's very supportive of full equality across <laughs> the board. Right. Not one of them believes any of that. They identify with the slave owner and all the beliefs of the slave owner. And that's why this is happening is because these white adults... Mm -hmm. believe in white supremacy and want right. white supremacy that, taught to their kids. That, 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 that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line of it, yeah. We need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffett, here with Laurent Landis and the late Patty Fink, and we'll be back with more right after this. This is Raphael McDonald from Resource Center Dallas. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Well, talking about slavery and DEI that uh, bothers everybody so terribly, uh, Texas A&M hired a journalism professor who was like a Pulitzer Prize winner when she worked for the New York Times. A groundbreaking um, black journalist um, uh, um, revered in, in the journalistic circles, especially academically. So because of the new DEI law, they decided not to hire her because the new DEI law says that DEI can't be used in determining any of your staff picks. Well, DEI meaning picks. diversity, equity, and inclusion. They still couldn't hire her just like because she's great? That's, well. Well, see, that not that interesting because she it was apparently the most qualified person that they could possibly have hired. Right. So now they're not hiring her because we're not taking DEI into consideration. Because alums claimed it was DEI. This is the same crap we see with CRT. Oh, it's CRT. We can't have that. They said DEI because she's black. 
I was about to say, so Nelms. It's not DEI. She was hired because she was the best possible candidate. She runs right. the program, the whole journalist, school of journalism at UT. Right. What a coup. Right. Pull her over to A&M, and guess what? She herself is an Aggie. Wow. So right. being an alum wasn't even enough. No, no, no. Jeez, that, this, is, this is all DEI. That only applies to rich white kids. Oh, right. when, they're, when they're Aggie alums, yeah. right? Yeah. And legacy, legacy mm -hmm. admissions. Legacy admissions. Yeah. So this wasn't DEI. This was a yeah, it claim doesn't sound of like DEI. It. So basically every time you see a person of color, particularly black people, who are hired in any position, that automatically equates they were hired um, via DEI? That's according to these donors and such at A&M who effectively forced this. Um, and she signed a, a letter of intent in, in a contract. Wow. In a big formal ceremony. Wow. Where it was all spread out on a table and she signed it. And she's like, no more. And now the, the, president, the president of the school has resigned, has resigned over it. President of, of Texas A&M. So thanks, Abbott and Patrick and all of these Republicans. You've just, you know, probably loused up one of the best universities in the state, Texas A&M. Um, and and it, it, they're on that a is, roll. Yeah. It's insane. So every time, yeah. So, yeah. So let me get, okay, now I got it straight. Drag automatically equates sex. It's sex. Mm -hmm. Black people being hired automatically means they were hired via DEI. Or no, no, no. The best the <laughs> black candidates or the best candidates who happen to be black equates to DEI. DEI. Yeah, and DEI is verboten because yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Well, it's been outlawed. Yeah, yeah. among at, at, at Texas, at Texas universities. Yeah, wow. Isn't that something? That is insane. You can just, it's, it's like woke, you know. And um, it's, uh, for, for our community, this is particularly disturbing, I think, because as minorities and people who have been treated with disrespect and discrimination a lot of our lives, um, this is just one step among many we will probably see. The mm -hmm. drag shows, they wanted to do so much more. Mm -hmm. And look how much of it got pushed back. They wanted, imagine if they got their way and they got everything they wanted. Right. That would be pretty, pretty something, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, and you know, I, especially now that the Supreme Court has threw out affirmative action uh, in admissions, um, school admissions, I think this is probably just giving them more um, energy and um, they're not holding back. Like, no, we're 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 gonna do it. Do do away with affirmative action and DEI in any way possible in any uh, form. That doesn't matter if it's just school, work, anything. Well, Republican. I think it's like 19 Republican um, attorneys general, state attorneys general, have written a letter to like the top 30 companies in the country and said we may be coming after you because of DEI. Mm. You need to get rid of your DEI programs, um, and, and I, I find it it's it's sickening. That's it's sickening. really nauseatingly sickening um, that that white supremacy has has even occurred to this extent, and it's coming even more. You know, I, I mean, th th this is basically saying <coughs> we don't want you to hire anybody who's black or uh, of color. Ah, he got it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, and then there's no records. There's we don't get to keep up with how many exactly how many exactly. how many people you passed over to right. give it to the white guy. So it looks like okay, fine. We you do away with DEI, and if you hire somebody who's black, then then they're going to automatically assume. Oh, wait a minute, that must be a DEI hire. We instead can't have of, instead, instead of, of maybe they're the they, best they're, person they're, to apply. They're actually qualified. Wow, isn't that something? This is what our country has been reduced. This is this is like a low point in our history, folks. Yeah. This no, is bad. It is. it is. Wait, I think I can go lower. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thank God for Mississippi moment. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. We're the worst at this. Razor wire, barbed wire at oh, the border, God. and buoys oh, yeah. that are making people drown. These are. Right. These are human rights violations. Yeah. These are like war crime level atrocities. I mean, truly. Um, and pushing kids back into the river and pregnant moms back into the river. Yeah. Um, yeah. This. Yeah, you're right, David. That that's much lower. I mean, the, <laughs> Voltaire said this. It, and it's proven true over um, centuries now. Anyone who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And here we are. We've got people who are believing all kinds of absurdities. And, oh, I mean, like, just piled on top of each other. Where do you even begin? The election. COVID. I mean, like, the, the absurdities, are, are they believe them. You know, they've got their RFK Jr., you know, badge of honor um, that says, oh, you know, we, we could even target, you know, like, like people by race mm -hmm. with the vaccine and such. I mean, they'll believe anything. anything. They'll believe anything they're told to believe. But the Jews were not targeted. <coughs> right, because they were targeted to be protected. That's according to RFK Jr. Right, because apparently Jews have some genetic something Ashkenazi Jews, let's just point out. <laughs> and only those, according yeah. to RFK. Right. right, because Sephardic Jews might be people of color. Might be. Might yes. be. <laughs> I love this thing I saw the other day that said, JFK Jr. has a better chance of becoming president of the United States than RFK Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> and, you know, QAnon thinks that JFK is coming back. JFK Jr. is coming back. The Q is coming back. They've right. been waiting for his reappearance right. at Dealey Plaza, Plaza, which right. is not where he died. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's all absurdity. It's, this is pure absurdity. Yeah. We're, we're witnessing. And yet, how can this be? You know? Um, I did see something interesting from um, writer... Um, Anne Applebaum, who writes for The Atlantic, she's written for lots of different um, publications. And, you know, she's been following the, the growth of totalitarian and authoritarian governments in Eastern Europe mm -hmm. um, for many years. And she wrote a piece this week about when it's, 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 it's proving true for the states where Republicans are in charge of everything. Yeah. Um, where they have c total control of a state. They have the, the state house. They have the state senate. They have the governorship. They have all the appointed statewide offices and elected statewide offices. And those that have had it for a while are reaching a point of frustration because 
they, the people they cater to who are not the, the people who really elect them. They're the ones who, the, it's really the radicals, the small group of radicals who control the primaries. And so the primaries really <coughs> determine who's going to run. But regardless, the, they come to this point of frustration because they realize we control everything and it's still not like we want it. Right. It's still not the the hell uh, the hell hole for the other people that I right. hate. Right. It's still we're still not there. We've got more to do. Right. And so, in an environment like that, which happens in uh, we've seen it happen in Hungary. It's beginning to happen in Poland. Um, when you have a one-party control, um, this is this is where they go. They go to increasingly more radical stuff. And so if you want to be elected by these radical um right wingers, you have to be more radical. Yeah, you have to t yeah, you have, you have to go to Marjorie Green Taylor status. Exactly. And so it's it's a natural thing we've seen in history before that these crazies are putting out crazy stuff. Mm -hmm to to try to somehow sate that need to be not just in control that's not enough mm -mm. that's not enough for them they have to make sure the other side and all of their opponents lose their voice and are silent right here's an example of that ken paxton <laughs> ken paxton he wants the democrats off of the jury he just wants his impeachment trial to be heard by republicans imagine that imagine because that. the democrats can't be impartial Oh, mm. and the Republicans couldn't possibly be partial, like for him. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, they're considering that he could be innocent. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, with the Democrats not being impartial, if he wants to get their vote, which he doesn't need, actually, it's the Democrats who need the vote of uh, 10 Republicans in order to remove him from office. 10, 8? It's 31 in total in the Senate. So, And one of them, you know, because his, his wife can be impartial, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the Senate did write, the state Senate did write rules that <laughs> don't allow her to vote. Right. Because like, I would say your wife would be partial, I can imagine. So... Mm. Um, I guess he's decided he's not testifying in his trial. Really? So I mean, that's his. That's his right. That's his right. So how does he get the the Democrats who won't be impartial to even consider not removing him from office? His lawyers will speak for him, I guess. Yeah, and witnesses, evidence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be much of a case there. Well, have you heard that, speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, she wants to expunge Trump's record of impeachments in the congressional record. I'm like, oh, it's not a speeding ticket. <laughs> exactly. No, honey. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, oh, wow. you know, you tried to extort right. the leader of another country. Right. And you did incite a, a full insurrection. Yep, yep. And now you're more than likely about to be charged by that for that too. Right. Yeah. Right. In yeah. federal court. In federal court. But let's <laughs> let's make my record because you know because history is not going to notice. <laughs> they think they can rewrite everybody's history. It, it, apparently. To whatever the hell yeah. they want. Yeah. To erase it. 
amend it. Expunge it. Expunge it. Wow. Well, for being president, Trump learned several skills. (laughs) (laughs) Graft. Graft and more graft. Um, In the Georgia case, you know, we've been hearing about federal charges. Yep. The state is considering uh, racketeering charges against Trump. I think Mm. that'll be very interesting. Mm. Because there was a group, and I think the laws do stay. There has to, it doesn't have to be any formal organization. Just that the the goals of the conspiracy were understood by everybody in the conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true because the, there were lots of people and lots of different lawyers at different levels, especially um, who understood the whole idea was to overturn the election. Absolutely, they all had a common understanding among all of them that the goals. That, that that was the goal. Right. It was to overturn the election. And so some of them went the fake elector route and some went, oh, we're going to, you know, take all the machines, mm-hmm. the voting machines. Another was like, oh, no, now we're going to blame the people who counted the votes. And they did something nefarious. Yeah. Um, they all understood the goal. So I, I can see a racketeering charge. And I'm so I'm glad you brought up the fake electors. I'm so glad that was it in Michigan. Michigan. Who charged those fake electors, but they're saying... 16 of them. Six, yeah, that's a lot. Um, but they're saying that that's not the only state that that happened. No, so, it, happened you, to, it happened in Arizona. Yeah. It happened like, in Georgia. So they, they, <laughs> there's a lot more stuff coming down the pipe uh, for, his, for us, these fake electors. Well, Fonnie Willis, who is the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, who's has to the two grand juries up working now to to evaluate all this stuff she's told the court in a filing some time ago that to to be to clear your dockets can you imagine asking all the judges in dallas county to clear their dockets for two weeks wow and i mean that would take some doing but she she asked them several months ago in fulton county to clear their dockets because they're going to have so many people that need to be arraigned. Wow. Wow. Well, you that's, know what? I mean, that's kind of saying something. That is saying something. And I'm glad, you know, <coughs> they're just not letting it go. Like, oh, it's over with. Let bygones be bygones. No. Anybody who participated in this needs to be uh, accounted, held accountable. Yeah, because if they don't, if we don't, what does that say about us? Exactly. Well, if they don't. Oh, we got away with that one. What can we get away with next exactly. time? Exactly. We learned how to do this better. Yep. See? Yeah. You learn skills. You learn skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a show that uh, three of us put together in about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> for but there's of, so much material. <laughs> for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a good week.